0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Liticast Live. Uh, today, there are four of us. Uh, I'm John Robinson, VP of Growth here at Litify. I've got Dove Slansky, our VP of Solution Engineering, and we're joined by two guests from Esquire Bank. We've got Ari Kornhaber and we have Kyle Mai, um, both from Esquire Bank. We're going to be talking about financial forecasting, uh, the value of your case inventory today. Um, a number of other topics we're going to be discussing as well related to financials and your firm. Uh, this is a conversation. This is not a webinar. So please, if you are watching us uh, from your home, please participate in the comments. Those of you watching us on LinkedIn Live, on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, or for those of you who are watching directly on Litify's website at litify.com slash um, If you are watching this in a recording please feel free to post something in the comments as well if you have any questions and we'll be sure to address that as well. So today, uh, again, when we talk about financial forecasting, businesses and law firms nationwide have many things to be fearful of in today's socioeconomic climate, fears about the health and the well-being of their staff, reopening, um, or fears about not reopening. Uh, Esquire Bank services law firms nationwide, And we know from working with Esquire Bank directly that they are often the bellwether for what's to come in the legal industry. Uh, We've invited Esquire Bank to share with us some of the issues they see are arising in the industry, particularly for contingency fee law firms and why case inventory valuation and financial forecasting is key in the current environment. And I promise that that is the last thing that I have written down on a document that I'll be talking about today. Um, Ari, you wanna tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with the company? Sure, I'm happy to. Thank you, John,
1: and thank you for inviting us to be on LyndaCast today. We're we're happy and proud to be here. Uh, by way of background, I'm a former trial lawyer. I was representing plaintiffs in personal injury, medical malpractice, and mass tort litigation in New York City for a number of years. And um, I left the practice of law to do something a little more entrepreneurial in the world of business. Uh, and one of those endeavors was actually helping to start Esquire Bank. Um, over 15 years ago. The bank's been in business for uh, over 13 years now. Um, So other than being a a co-founder of the bank, I'm also an EVP and director of sales for Esquire Bank. So um, that's my background. Kyle, you wanna tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, and also I wanna thank you for the opportunity to be on this lidcast, really uh, proud to be part of it. So I've been a bit of a mixed bag. You can probably tell from my accent that I'm not from around here. Uh, I've spent the last 18 years of my life across many different uh, continents, implementing CRM and digital marketing solutions, actually. So my speciality really comes from the space of data, intelligence, CRM systems, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, what Esquire Bank have employed me to do is basically we have built an app app uh, which is all about financial forecasting, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Uh, but I'm also accountable for the sales and marketing function
3: for Ari.
0: Great. Dove, friendly face.
3: <laughs> yep, good to be Welcome back. back. Yep, good to be back here and looking forward to chatting with everybody here today about uh, the financial stuff. I know it's obviously an area of great importance for law firms. And uh, if you guys at Esquire can help them tell the future even a little bit, um, that's pretty slick.
0: So why don't we start with um, a, a question around the, the current market? Um, what are you seeing at at a high level at the bank in the market pertaining to the legal community, the potential recession, or I guess now the recession that we are officially that we are officially in?
1: Yeah, I'll take this one. You know, um, we're talking to law firms all over the country every day, and the conversations have changed since really the end of February, beginning of March, when it was clear that there was a healthcare crisis and a resulting economic crisis. And keeping it at a high level, what I'm hearing, and again, these are, are mostly contingency fee law firms, is that the lawyers are still currently moving their cases, right? Um, they are doing virtual mediations and actually able to, to move their cases somewhat actively as they were pre-pandemic. Um, but they're also saying uh, across the board that intakes are down. So that is creating some concern about an impending cash flow interruption, right? So, unlike most other businesses and industries, contingency fee lawyers are working on cases today that they've signed up in the past. And depending on what type of cases they work on, they won't really feel this cash flow interruption, which is a result of the stay at home order, right? People are are not getting into as many accidents um, for another six, 12 or even 18 months. So it's kind of like, hey, things seem to be business as usual now, but I'm concerned about what's coming next and how do I prepare for that?
3: Yeah, it's an interesting point, Diary, because you can draw a distinction. We talk to a lot of different law firms here, not just personal injury, and the you know transactional law firms are very concerned about the here and now, right? Business is sort of dried up for those firms in the immediate, but for personal injury firms, which is really where you you guys are, are spending a lot of your time, um, it's a unique opportunity to run your business pretty much as normal today, but be able to look to the future and say I can with a certain amount of specificity, see something bad that could happen to me and have time to prepare for it in advance of that.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and that word "prepare" is something that we're hearing quite a bit, a lot, a lot. We're hearing about preparing, planning, being proactive. And I know we're gonna get into financial forecasting, that that's one piece of this, but it's a very important piece. You know, Now more than ever, business leaders in all different industries are examining their organization's financial goals and resources, and, and they're frequently updating their short-term cash flow needs and their long-term financial forecasts. And you know, one of our, at Esquire Bank, our mottos is, you have to run your law firm like a business. And there are too many quality lawyers and talented lawyers who admittedly aren't very good at business. They could- be terrible. Oh, terrible. They've never seen before, terrible. Uh, and try a case that they've never seen before the same day. But when it comes to financial forecasting, budgeting, planning, that's their weakness. Um, and it happens to be our strength. So that's why we seem to be a really good ally to contingency fee lawyers, no matter what type of practice they're in nationwide.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting ability for these law firms to be able to look around their firm and know the cash that's coming in. To a certain extent, they operate that way, right? They know, roughly speaking, and many of our firms, the reason why they they move to litifiers is because they want that next level of, of data at the firm. But even anecdotally, they know they're busy. They know kind of what their cash flow is. And it, it's fairly consistent for these law firms year over year. Um, it becomes an issue with something like this where it looks like it's okay now. And if they sort of take their eye off the ball for a moment, they're going to miss an opportunity, like you said, to prepare for the future, that 12 months down the road or 18 months down the road. For some firms, it's shorter, right? For some firms, could be eight months from now, they're going to feel this, um, depending on volume also. But, you know, it's a unique opportunity in that, that financial forecasting for today. I'm excited to have you guys talk about how you guys think about it, because it's so important for these firms, not just for the regular course of business, which is I would like to have this topic on a regular day, right? This is something that everybody should be thinking about. But even more so today, they have a unique opportunity to pause and say, the business is running. I can focus my attention on this point in the future because I know that I'm going to have to deal with it. So because case values
0: obviously vary, right? And there's such this long period of time between when a case is signed up and that case actually yields any revenue for for the firm um how are how is a firm able to kind of look at both an individual case and at a, a macro level their case inventory and truly identify what the value of that case or case load is?
1: Yeah, I'll start with this and then I'd love Kyle to chime in you know and again, I'm coming from experience I was a trial lawyer I sat down with potential plaintiffs at intake when I was hearing for the first time about an accident that took place and the no, result missed. you know you miss it. I do miss it. I miss being on trial. The rest of it, is- <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, when a new case comes into an office, um, an attorney or whoever is responsible for the intake, if they s- decide to take on that case, it's because they believe that it has value, right? That they could represent this client and bring value to that client and, and value to the firm. So they they are making a business decision to invest resources in that case. Um, Right away, you can understand what the liability is, maybe not pinpoint it, what the damages are if there's a resulting injury. And if it's a car accident, for example, you know what your state's minimum policy limits are. So right there, you have three data points that give you a really good idea of what the potential case could be worth. And then as that case evolves and then you find out that maybe there's excess insurance or the damages are much more significant than you thought at first because of economic damages or, or a, a surgery that occurs uh, subsequently, you know, if you revisit these data points regularly, quarterly, and update them throughout the, the evolution of the case, you could have a, a good estimate of what that case is worth.
0: So you, you, yeah, your and- suggestion is to build, build a model right? You have to understand what the leading indicators are and make sure that you're tracking those leading indicators throughout the life cycle of the case.
1: You said it yeah, um,
2: Sorry, I'll probably jump in. We're, we're talking data now. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that's really quite interesting about some of the topics we're talking about from a modeling or a data perspective is, you know, from the law firms we talk to more often than not, we find that there's a lot of what I'm going to call data input inertia from lawyers, right? Like, more often than not, they're very hesitant to enter in some of these really key data points. That's about the a case.
3: nicest way I've ever heard someone describe that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and, you know, this data input inertia uh, stems from a couple of things, right? Like, Sometimes when you're entering data into a system, it feels like it's real. It feels like once you've put a, a settlement amount in or you, once you've put in a date for when you think the settlement is going to uh, come through, it feels like you're locked in. But actually, through a uh, ongoing period of you know, discussing with your attorneys what makes sense and what doesn't, how much the case is you think it's going to settle for or when you think the case is actually going to settle. You just need to slowly uh, induct the lawyer or attorney or paralegal to just keep updating the records. You know, that's important. And that's a, a very important factor when it comes to building any models with regards to case inventory valuations.
3: Yeah. And it's something which we we stress to law firms all the time, right? I can't tell you how many times a law firm has said, um, you know, I wish I had the reports that some other law firm as Morgan & Morgan, for example, they've, they've been in our events, and Matt has presented these, these great reports, or some other firms of ours um, that come to mind, uh, Jonathan Smith at Riddle & Brantley has presented some really deep reports. And other firms have come and said, how can I get those that information? I said, well, it's not magic, right? You gotta actually put it into the system, right? And we can help with a lot of Right, the, the technology itself can help. We can prompt you. We can automate a lot of it. I know your app has a tremendous amount of it. Right? If you could input only a few data points, you're going to handle a lot of the other work, a lot of the other calculations, pre-build those reports and dashboards. We'll get to show that in a minute because that's the value behind it. But uh, Kyle, you're right, when it comes down to it at some point, we have to actually get our hands on, on the data, and we don't want to be frozen that moment in time. The value of it is going to be that as you update it, and it takes seconds to do, but as you update that data, we can track this not as a moment in time, but over a period of time, and that's how you get true you know, information as to the future. You can look at what's happening at your firm in an evolutionary way, so uh, excited for you guys to Talk a little bit more deeply about the model that you built and, and the APRA that you built to help the firms do this on their own without, you know, calling in a data scientist to have to have to do this for them.
1: Yeah, let's remember that this is more of an art than a science, and although it may seem daunting at first, these lawyers have historical information, so it really depends on the type of practice that the law firm is in and if they have a high volume motor vehicle accident practice, for example, then the historical statistical information can be used to make some pretty good projections going forward. But at the end of the day, in order to make critical business decisions, you need quality information, you need data, you need intelligence, you need facts. And, and that's what we're talking about, inputting that information into whatever case management system the law firms are on.
0: Uh, there's, there's a lot of noise, right, and, and data could be, uh, especially big data at the scale that some of the firms that we all work with see on a regular basis, that data could be very intimidating, collecting it, updating it, um, so many different data points. And I think that the, the, there's a very uh, key point here that you need to make sure you identify what are the specific things that are going to change the value of a case at the end of the day and make sure that those are the data points that you're tracking accurately. It's not a hundred different things, right? To Dove's point, you can automate a lot of this, but there are some very specific key data points that if you're tracking are the indicators specifically with regards to to personal injury, plaintiff's firms that can help you identify whether a case is trending towards being a case that yields a certain valuation or not. Um, Kyle, we've, we've talked about this previously. I think you've narrowed it down to uh, like five or six data points that are the ones that firms should be tracking.
2: Yeah, um, actually, you know, we—if you think about what Esquire Bank does and what we do—is obviously we service the legal community. We've been doing it for a while, but when a law firm comes to us uh, and we talk to them about lending products, because we tie our lending products to the value of the law firm's contingency fee cases. Um, that, in effect, means that what we have to do as part of our day-to-day jobs is project what a law firm's case inventory value is worth. And we're, we also have to project the duration of a lot of these cases. So since we've been doing this for the last 16 years nationwide, um, what we've been able to distill down uh, the key data points that are necessary for a law firm to move towards solid financial forecasting. We've... We've articulated seven key data points and I'm kind of going to list out what those seven data points are. <clears throat> First one is the Kyle, name of the
3: case. I'm but do you want to maybe show it in the app? You can maybe show how you actually handle the mapping of those data sure. points. Because I, I think one of the greatest parts of the app obviously is the reports, the dashboards, you'll get to that stuff, but the fact that it almost forces the firm to build good habits, right? Because if they want the data that you're promising them, there's nothing like loading up a report and seeing it blank and using that as an encouraging tool. It says, well, I only want you to do these seven things right here. Just do these things for me and that report's gonna be magic, right? So I love that what you built is is a way to build good habits with them. So if you wanna fire that up and give everybody a taste of what that looks like, I, I, I think it'll really lend some color to, to the next part of the conversation.
0: And yeah, for, for those idea. of you who are, who are those of you watching, while Kyle does bring that up, um, the app that Dove is talking about here is a free app for those of you who are using Litify that integrates with the Litify platform. Um, here, he's pulling it up right now. Um, while those reports and dashboards are loading, uh, just want to remind our guests who are watching live if you have any questions. For Ari, for Kyle, for Dover, for myself, please go ahead, post them in the comments. We'd love to hear um, where you're watching us from, what firm you're with, um, any uh, any questions, comments again that you have, please go ahead, post them in the comments wherever it is that you're watching and I will hand it off to you, Kyle.
2: Sure, uh, just to make sure you guys can see the app all okay. All good. Excellent. So before I go into the actual seven fields, because You know, as you guys were saying, um, when it comes to law firms uh, and the data points that are necessary, you only really need seven fields in order to forecast your case inventory properly. And what this app does, it is that it ingests seven fields, and I'll tell you what those seven fields are now, and then I'll jump into actually uh, the kind of intelligence you can get if you you filled in
3: purely these seven fields. And I also want to right. call out so, right, this, the data that you guys are 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 using. These seven fields here. This is all anonymous data. This is not uh, this is not something which is going to understand who the clients are, who the people at the law firm are. This is simply just you know numbers, right? This is just raw numbers about um, the cases and the type of case that they are to help build that model for what the future holds. Correct, exactly. So those
2: seven fields, and I'm willing to bank that most law firms are capturing at least four out of the seven fields. So let me talk about what they are. The case name. We know that every law firm and every single case management system has that. Same goes with case type. Um, Then you've got an estimated close date. So that's pretty much when we think uh, some sort of resolution is going to be reached for that particular case, whether it be a settlement or, or something else. Um, then you've got gross fee revenue, the stage at which the case is at, the status of the case, and the total value of the case, <clears throat> and that's effectively it when it comes to the fields that you need to capture to move towards financial forecasting.
1: Kyle, and let me what just say I- before you move on, okay. you know, um, two of those fields are variable, as John was mentioning. You know, projected estimated resolution value um, or, or gross l- gross fee value, estimated close date, right? That's what's really going to drive the, the forecasting. How much is this case going to resolve for and when? Uh, again, it's an art, not a sign. So if you say when, do it by year, 2020, 2021, 2022 or beyond. That's enough. And again, The the value, if you're starting out with a minimum policy limit, and as the case goes through discovery, you're you're obtaining more information. Those are the variables that are very easy to update and should be updated, obviously.
3: Yeah, those are those are. are, I love what you say. That those are the two levers that are going to pull all this stuff together. And obviously, it's not just looking at those. So you guys are using, you know, 15 years worth of insight on your side to say, okay, based on the type of case or the date and the amount, we're going to tell you not just what your case inventory might be worth, but and we'll get this right how you can actually lend against that, which is a really unique value prop as well. It's not just about looking at what it's worth, but there's actions that you can take once you understand what your firm is effectively worth. Right. So we'll we'll get to that in a minute, but pulling those levers is 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 where it's at. Correct.
2: Absolutely. And and what you're about to see is <clears throat> the power of how far those seven fields can go if you make these fields required in your case management system. So let me just kind of like jump into one of the key functionalities here. So the app that you're looking at here is an installation. It literally is just an app that you install on top of your instance of Litify. And you don't actually have to input any data or anything like that at all. It's all used via clicking on the mouse. And what I clicked on here was literally a functionality that's tailored towards law firms that want to have basic financial forecasting. Um, and what you're looking at here is this app has ingested the case data from your instance of Litify and the app lives within your own infrastructure, I should say, and it's automatically created some dashboards for you. So these dashboards law firms love because it's simple, it's easy, no one's actually had to do anything aside from mapping those fields into the app. And what you're actually looking at here is views of your data from a financial perspective based upon the attorneys uh, that are in your law firm, based upon the particular years that revenue might be coming in. And we've also got a top 10 cases by net fee ranking your attorneys by the most successful ones at the top. So this here, you know, we've deployed to law firms uh, nationally, and they really love how simple this is, and it's pretty much tailored towards the uh, the managing partner or partners. <clears throat> we also understand though that in a lot of cases, law firms' data isn't necessarily up to scratch. You know, often lawyers are very hesitant to enter data in about how much a case is worth or how long it's going to go for. Um, so we knew that up front. And what we did was we built a data quality tool to monitor the data inputs for those seven fields. The more of those seven fields a law firm uh, attorney or a user is entering in, the better your data quality. So you can see here that you're getting a data quality score and numbers on how many cases require updates and whether data is incomplete or not. And I'll talk about some lending in a second.
3: <clears throat> that that screen here, actually, so here we've created a proprietary scoring. No, sorry, I was gonna just jump in for a second saying this screen here about the data sorry, go, is a pain point that a lot of our firms have talked to us about in general, right? The previous system that they may have been using um did not have the ability to do this, it didn't have required fields, I had no way to really check on it. So that, that you've built not just a forecast, but that quality assurance is, okay, I'm giving you a forecast, but the forecast is based on your data. And I can tell you that I'm using 91% accurate data. So that's that's a confidence score, right? That's, that's a 91% confidence score in how relevant that information is to you. The higher you get it, the more relevant it's going to be. Um, this is incredibly important as far as just even day to day running of the law firm, the ability to, with a click, just see how some of the most important data points, whether they're being pulled out or not, is incredibly important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I
2: mean,
0: and, and this is all free, right? It's you're essentially getting a connection into your Litify instance. The data is anonymized, and you're getting free analytics on both the quality of your data and what that data actually represents.
3: Yeah, and one more point, Kyle, I think, and you could correct me where I'm wrong, but the data doesn't leave Litify unless you send it out. So this is not a scenario where, you know, you install this app and now this app is farming your data. It's just showing reports locally in your org. It only gets sent out to Esquire, right, if you should want to open up a line of credit. Right. And we can talk about that now, but it's important to note that this is an app that's free. It stays in your org. The information is not shared. The benefit of this is you get to look at financial forecasts for your firm, data quality, and you have the ability right, to get into a discussion about a loan or line of credit, which no hour you can talk about here, but you have the ability to get into that super quickly with good data so that you get the best terms possible.
2: Absolutely, and you know we we recognize that when it comes to data quality management, it's it's a totally a totally foreign concept for law firms. So, being able to have dashboards that immediately score your law firm's data quality and the attorneys and how they're performing against the data quality score is something that law firms typically can't do. So, this is a service that you're right is free, and the data totally resides within and behind your own infrastructure, totally anonymous to Esquire Bank, unless you decide to uh, apply for a loan. You know, there's there's one function down here I kind of want to bring your attention to because, you know, the, the data quality function that I showed you above was, here's how your data quality looks, this is your score. But actually what we know is that law firms struggle with the remediation aspect of it. So it's not just good enough to say, oh, your data quality is no good, (laughs) you know, and here are the attorneys that are uh, putting in really poor data quality. What we actually built was a way in which you can assign a task to the owner of that case, typically the attorney or the paralegal, that tells them, hey, go into this record and fix the record. What you're missing is the stage or the gross fee revenue, for example. So this tool here, a lot of managing partners love because it takes it a step further towards remediation and uh, helping your law firm actually improve data quality, not just say, oh, okay, you're not doing too good or you are doing well.
0: And and before we move on to um, to the lending aspect here, we, we do have some comments some questions here from the audience, I want to make sure that we get to, um, we have Joe Frank from Brown and Crouppen, uh, who is joining us here. Uh, Ed Herman, who joined us from Brown and Crouppen um, last week. So for those of you who missed that Liticast, uh, we have Andrew Levine from Rafelson Raff, 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 and Levine, ready to vote. Got caught in my tongue there, um, RE2020. Um, and let's see, Danny commenting on your beard length. Um, <laughs> thank you for watching, Danny. Um, Cheryl is asking if you, if we can repeat the fields again for anyone who may have missed it. Um, do you mind just bringing the screen back up or, or just refreshing what those fields are um, for anyone who wants to capture
2: them and make sure that they are tracking them appropriately? Sure. It's the name of the case, the case type, the estimated close date, the gross fee revenue, the stage status, and the total value of the case itself. And you know, if you guys have any questions at all, please feel free to uh, reach out to Ari and myself because, you know, we, we come across law firms day in and day out that struggle with some of these things and we're more than happy to help.
0: Yep. And if you'd like to learn more specifically about the Esquire Insights application, um, you can go to this link right here. It's litify.com slash integrations slash Esquire dash insights. Um, Carolyn, if you wouldn't mind taking that, putting it in the comments for those who are watching the recording, wanna be able to just click on that. Um, there's a great little one minute video there for you to be able to um, take a look at how the application works. Um, there's some great detail there as well about the application. So um, if you're looking for more information about it, please head to that webpage. Um, so I think there's there's really three main components of what we're talking about here. There's, there's how to go about getting this data, right? We've talked about this. There's this free application, um, there's, why you should be doing it. And I think we, we started touching on that a little bit, but we should talk a little bit more about why this data is important and why understanding the value of your cases uh, and your inventory is important. And then I think we also need to talk about now that you have that information, what do you actually do with it? How can you leverage it? Um, if you are lending, should, well, should you be borrowing? And I think Ari, you probably want to talk about that. Um, what are the, the advantages of potentially borrowing against the, the case values? Um, but what would you use that cash for?
3: Yeah, I think, Arya, it's a good, a good place for, for you to, you know, talk about why, with an eye down the road, you should be looking at spending Esquire's money and not your own. Listen, whether it's
1: Esquire's or a, another bank or even a, a finance company for some firms that may not be eligible for bank financing, right now, liquidity is king, right? So we're seeing a trend right now where self-financed lawyers Are now reaching out to lenders and saying, I need liquidity because my cash flow interruption is coming. I don't know if there's going to be a second wave. Although I'm moving my cases now, my clients aren't treating actively. The elective surgeries are being postponed. The courts are closed. I need to plan, prepare, and be proactive for what's next. So what most firms should do is be able to do some inventory management. And some of this financial forecasting would allow them to look at their inventory, maybe get rid of some dead wood, understand where there's accountability, associate accountability. They have to understand if they have ample talent, should they be hiring or firing? And they're making these critical decisions. Ultimately, again, whether it's with Esquire or someone else, if they do this financial forecasting, then in addition to the, the financial tax returns and income statements that show what they've done in the past, they have something that documents what they're likely going to do going forward. And they could go out and obtain, right now interest rates are, are very low. So we believe that every law firm should have access to you know a general line of credit. Uh, most firms have gone out and taken PPP loans, which is going to cover a couple of months worth worth of payroll and approved expenses, but what's next? You really gotta think long game right? And that's where a working capital line of credit could be extremely useful. When you're done with your PPP loan, you may need to draw it down from that line of credit to cover payroll and expenses. There are also some great opportunities right now where people are home um, to be reaching these people through digital marketing and maybe investing in your brand uh, now is is a great time to do that. Another opportunity that exists, uh, and this is the trend I'm saying is Where law firms are saying, you know what, I no longer want to be a counselor and a creditor to my clients. I know that the rules of ethics allow me to finance my case costs, my disbursements, and actually treat the interest as a case cost itself. And if a law firm elects to take advantage of that opportunity, they essentially receive an interest-free loan to pay for their case costs. Self-finance lawyers are providing their clients with interest-free loans using their after-cash dollars. So if you put those two scenarios side by side, just from a business perspective, there's no doubt that obtaining an interest-free loan is better than providing interest-free loans. So all of this, taking a good introspective look at your, your inventory, coming up with financial modeling and forecasting will enable lawyers to go out and obtain the best terms when it comes to financing. Excellent. Um,
0: no, th- this is this is you know really what? good. And we're seeing a, a list of questions that are coming in here from the audience. I wanna let um, let our audience know we're not gonna be able to get to all these, but we will follow up um, and, and post those either in the comments or on our recap blog. Um, for those of you who are watching live, we do write a recap of all of our posts so you can consume it um, later in written format. Those of you who are watching this recording, um, you probably see that recap on our website at litifycom slash And we, we are coming up close to um, the end of our time here. Um, I'm gonna let each of you like kind of leave some closing points. Also let our audience know how they can get in contact with you if they are interested in learning more about Esquire Bank.
2: Sure, um, I guess I'll go first. So I guess one of the things that um, is really important when it comes to case inventory valuations and forecasting is there's a symbiotic relationship between whether or not you are accurately forecasting the value of your cases and healthy running of your business. And particularly during this time uh, and age where you know there's a pandemic and no one knows what's gonna happen tomorrow, we really do urge law firms to think about those seven fields and to make sure that their lawyers are entering them in because it just facilitates so many financial projections. And those financial projections affect uh, your ability to spend more money. And we're seeing a lot of the smart money law firms start to spend significantly more amounts of money on things that Ari was talking about. So um, we really do urge law firms who are feeling a bit of the financial duress and stress to really think about some of those data points so that they can be ultimately financially prepared.
1: How, how many free reports come with our app EI?
2: Yeah, altogether, together, um, probably we have about 30 plus reports. And all of those 30 or so reports, they're based upon those seven fields. So again, we're running out of time, but more than happy uh, can to follow you, up can you flip on, on
3: a sort of a parting shot here, can you flip on one of the dashboards from there? Because I really want to show people that, that it's it's accessible, right? It's not it's not hidden behind things. It's accessible. They're standard dashboards. Firms can use them. They can edit them for their own purposes. They can share them. Um, it's really really a tremendous you know ability they're getting from you guys in this app to really help them run their business. Um, and it's free. And I think I think the point are that you made, which is incredibly sad, which is think about the future. Think about liquidity. Think about how you want to run your business. If you have access to this type of information um, and can Use it to manipulate your business. Think about how you do things differently, right? It's not just about, oh, so now I put these seven fields in. Now my business is magically okay. No, no, put it in, run the reports, and use that to drive an action or drive a decision on the back half of it. Think about what that means to the firm if you do have liquidity, if you do have money coming in. Think about what that can mean, mean to the firm. Um, And obviously, contacting you guys is is a tremendous way because I know from working with you guys for a while, um, the way in which you write your loans is different than a standard bank, right? That's the whole premise of this. You're not looking at a firm based on their physical assets, right? You're looking at the actual real assets of a law firm, which are their cases. What are they worth? When are they going to close? So you have some really unique abilities to write those loans. And this data is really just the tip of the iceberg.
2: Yeah, exactly, and you hit it on the nose. Because we, we have to do this day in, day out and forecast a law firm's cash flow because uh, we do use a law firm's cases as an asset, all of the reports that you see are predicated on those simple, simple seven fields. <clears throat> so you can get there through the app by simply clicking on the Reports tab, and what you'll see is a whole, whole stack of dashboards and reports um, that you can access, and all of them will be fully populated if you enter in those seven fields. And I'm just going to show you
3: uh, one of those reports now. <clears throat> and, and while you load this up, these are you know, standard Litify reports. So if you're running these reports on those seven fields and you want to edit this and create your own version, perhaps by department or practice area, right? you want to give it a slightly different spin. right? Yeah, for example, you have forecast fee revenue for the entire firm for this year, next year, and the year after next. If you wanted to run this by department, you could. You can edit this report to add your own filtering parameters to it. And this is really the starting point. It's, it's. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah, listen, every law firm that's on Litify should download yeah.
1: Esquire Insight. It's a free app and it gives you a financial lens that quite frankly, you haven't had before. And we didn't necessarily invent this technology. It's Rocket Mortgage for law firms you can find out your law firm's credit score and your sort of borrowability by just entering those seven fields which you're doing anyway downloading ei and looking at that matter information through a financial lens it's enlightening that that yeah. is
0: the perfect analogy for what it is that you have created right in the same way that you can get a home mortgage with uh, entering a few data points, you can now get a loan against the the value of your, your actual assets as, at a law firm, which is your caseload.
1: Yeah, and to that end, Esquire Bank, we are asset-based lenders. The assets we lend against are the contingent cases that the law firms are working on. And we're quite proud that we've educated the OCC, our national regulators, that this is a business model that makes sense. So much so that we were able to complete a successful IPO in 2017 mm-hmm. and are now... Publicly traded on the Nasdaq, and if I may, Raymond James just named us the number one community bank in the country. And it started with over thirty five hundred banks. Ranked them in order in terms of you know return on asset, return on equity, etc. We are extremely liquid, extremely well capitalized, and are looking to work with more and more quality lawyers and law firms.
0: Um, so, before we go here, if someone is interested in learning more about um, Esquire, Esquire Insights. Where can they find more information other than um, going on Litify.com and looking up information about the Esquire Insights integration?
1: Sure. Uh, I will just start by offering my email address and my cell phone number. My email address is AP, and then my last name, Cornhaber K O R N H A B E R at esqbank.com. And my cell phone is 347 889 one zero two seven. our bank's website is esquirebank.com we're doing a complete overhaul of that website this summer um, so if you log in today also log in you know, in the fall and, and see uh, our new brand and our new website Kyle.
2: yeah thanks I totally agree and we will definitely leave um, some comments and our contact details in the comments so people can interact with us uh, after this
0: fantastic yeah, this has been absolutely great. I thank thank both of you so much for joining us here today. Um, the app looks great. I think what people can get out of the app is fantastic um, and really appreciate you joining us. Those of you who uh, who didn't catch the beginning of this, again, you can watch all uh, Liticast episodes in their entirety along with written recaps on litify.com slash Liticast. We do have another great live episode coming up this week with Whitney Barnard of Kaufman Law talking about technology adoption and how that benefits the client experience. And some great episodes coming up next week as well. You can always see our upcoming schedule on Lidify.com slash Lidicast and watch us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and LinkedIn Live. So thanks again, everybody. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Take Thank care. You.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.